love the Lord, and man, you'd be around him very long, and he'd just he'd just light up the room because he just had the Lord in his life, and he just uh, he just uh, uh, just just radiated with the presence of God. Have you ever been around somebody like that? Me, right? <laughs> but he did. He radiated the room, man. And I remember was a. I was just a young minister, and he had always talked to me about the Lord. And, and uh, Burton, you just got to keep preaching that word. And, you know, he'd just go on and on. And uh, me and uh, Danny Norris, another preacher friend of mine, we was down to camp. And we was preaching a camp meeting down in Stillville, Missouri. And he, uh, he called me and Danny one day, one morning up there. He said, he said brothers, he said, I, I woke up this morning. He said, I've got bad stomach, stomach problems. And... Uh, he said, I, my stomach burns, it hurts. And he said, I'm just feeling terrible. He said, would you guys help me and pray for me? So we prayed for him. And old brother Dan Norris said, brother, why, what, what did you eat this morning? He said, I just cooked me a couple eggs and fried them up. And, and old brother Norris got to looking around there. And the old, the old man, <laughs> he, he, he ended up getting that, what was that? You ever seen that goop? That orange goop? And that's what he uses grease to cook the eggs in. He just didn't pay attention to what he grabbed. And, and uh, of course, we got a kick out of it. And, you know, <laughs> he didn't get too much kick out of it. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, he got a kick out of it. All right. He didn't, he, he didn't have to take no Marilax for a week. He's doing good. So if you got your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 4. Man, aren't you glad this is Wednesday night and it's prayer meeting and, and that we can just, again, pray to the Lord and just trust God and, and believe God for revival and for God to just minister and, and uh, uh, just have his way. I'm telling you, I'm glad that, you know, I was trying to think. I, oh, you know, I always like uh, John Wayne. I like uh, Little House on the Prairie and uh, that old show, Virginia. Um, I used to, I like all them shows and stuff, and I always wondered what it would be like to live back in those days, you know, to ride a horse, carry a gun on your side and all that stuff. And I thought, man, that'd probably be pretty cool. But you know, I'm just thankful that God chose me to live in this 21st century because I believe that God's got a purpose and a plan for my life. Now, the Duke, John Wayne, he might have had a purpose for him back then and all that good stuff when he did movies. But I'm thankful today that God's got something special in store for my life. And he had before the foundations of the world become into existence. He knew me. And so he knew that you and I would be here tonight. And that's just the kind of God we serve. And if he knows that, then he has a purpose and a plan for us. But I want to just talk just a couple minutes in chapter 4 and read in verse 13. Let me read it first, my text, and we'll get into it. But I, I just, I, I just trying to bring it to a place of prayer. And uh, we've been praying that God would just send revival and that, that um, we would be a part of the great move of God. Uh, whether this is the last days or uh, whatever God's got planned in this hour that we're living in. Uh, I, I truly believe that God wants the church to be on fire for him. I truly believe that he's got a plan for this church. It doesn't matter if the world's going to hell in a handbasket. God's got a plan for us. It doesn't matter if the world's turning upside down today. God's got a plan for the church. And so we're just going to be a part of it. Whatever movement that God is in and whatever movement that God, listen, the Bible said that God said, in my father's houses are many mansions. I go away to prepare a place for you. And he said, 
he said, when I go, he said, I'm going to do something. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And can I tell you that ever since he left this earth, he's been a working and being about the father's business. And can I tell you today, God is an ever moving God. He's constantly doing something. And I, and I have made up my mind over the last few weeks and last few months, I want to be right smack dab in the middle of what God is doing. Somebody said, well, I want revival. And another guy said, well, how do you get revival? And somebody said that if you just get a piece of chalk and draw a circle in the middle of the floor and you step in that circle and say, God, send revival in this circle, that's where it all starts. But I just want to do what God wants us to do. We've been praying for almost three years or a little bit over three years. And I, and I, just, I just anticipate that God might just be getting ready to blow the lid off of this place. And, and, and I just anticipate that God just getting ready to do something mighty in our lives. And he always does it when there's an expectancy taking place in the hearts and lives of men and women. When there has to be an expectancy, you have to be expecting God and believing God and trusting God to do it. And I hope tonight that uh, just in this 15-minute little short sermon here that I can bring it out and that I can give you just a little bit of what I feel like the Lord's laid on my heart. But in chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Now when Peter, when they, when, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they reasoned that they had been with Jesus. And seeing that the men who had been healed, standing with them, they could not say anything, nothing against them. I want to talk about, there's a drastic need, I believe today, for the church in this 21st century uh, to become just a church that God wants us to become, full of the power and the anointing of God. And I want to just, just for a minute, if I could just grab into just a little bit of, of the, the, the Bible and the book of Acts. And this is where uh, Pentecost started. And, and I don't know if you forgot this, but we are a Pentecostal church tonight. We are uh, men and women that believes in the power and the fullness of the Holy Ghost. And we believe that God gives us the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I believe that God wants the power and the authority to come back into the church. Now, I don't believe that we've lost it. And I don't believe that it's, it's hid somewhere. But I believe that, that, that uh, let me just say this. And, I don't, and I'll say this about myself. And maybe God's dealing with me about it. But uh, I, I, I used to be in services where men and women uh, raised their hands in service. And every Sunday night and Sunday morning, you can hear tongues just echoing throughout the church. And it just wasn't one or two, but it was men and women that just was under the anointing of God. And I believe that God wants the church to come back to that place. A key of us being able to get back to the power in the lives that God wants us to be is just to uh, remember and see what the early church did. These men uh, was ignorant and unlearned. And you know what I call myself sometimes? Uh, I call myself ignorant and unlearned because I don't have the best education in the world. I don't have a college education. I didn't go to college, and uh, I don't got no uh, 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 PhDs behind my name. But I tell you what, I have been in places in God where I know that the power of God rested upon me. They were men of undeniable dedication to the cause. They was men that believed in the power of God. The Sanhedrin threatened them and warned them not to speak anything in the name of Jesus. 
Peter and John gave the immediate answer. They would continue to tell about their Lord. They didn't let the threatenings bother them, did they? But they began to tell them, listen, uh, we, we may be uh, ignorant and unlearned, and we might be men that was on the backside of the desert, but who would we rather obey, men or God? And they chose to obey God. And church, and we get into a time and an era in our lives, and America has been blessed, and we have been at a place where the movement of God is just, just ushered in, and the church has sent out missionaries all across the world, and we have been in a place of, of where we've just got to enjoy the presence of God, and uh, no persecution, no hard times, but I believe if something doesn't happen in the near future, if the church uh, gets to a place where it gets stagnated or not into a place of prayer and interceding and seeking God, we'll be that kind of people that will be uh, uh, like a third world country where persecution is, is constantly on their minds. But, but in the same sense, when there's persecution, there's something about the spirit of God that arises in people. And then God begins to move. So the Sanhedrins begin to threaten them. And through their threatenings and their trouble on every side, their dedication did not occur overnight, but they begin to pray at times and seek God and, and trust God that God would just get a hold of them. Uh, he felt compelled many times to uh, uh, do certain things Peter did because he had such a, uh, anointing. When I were talking about the Peter that, that uh, uh, just a, a few days earlier was in Pilate's court denying who Christ was even uh, all about. He was standing by the wood and beginning to curse and, and said, I don't know who you're talking about. But then on the day of Pentecost in the upper room when they tarried up there, that same Peter come and he began to preach. And when he preached, 3,000 souls got saved. Now we see Peter here full of the power and full of the presence of God. A man got healed by the anointing touches of God. And I want to tell you tonight, church, uh, there is unquestionable authority in the child of God uh, that serves God. God, we have the authority in that name that's above every name. I, I, I believe that the church has authority. Uh, whatever we speak in Jesus' name, he'll do. Uh, whatever we ask in his name, he'll do. Uh, all we got to do is build up our faith uh, and trust God that God can move mountains. Uh, listen, there's a mountain-moving God that we serve. Uh, I, I want to see the church uh, just get so on fire for God that they want to move the Holy Spirit spirit where the anointing of God the glory of God just fills the room and there's nothing but a mist and a fog of the presence of God and, and we just set it all in his presence See, they had men that, 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 that begin to uh, 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 realize what authority they had in Jesus' name. Uh, that when people become and got sick, and, and one thing I love about this church is, is that we do have men. And we do have women that knows how to pray. I, I, I know that there's miracles in the house. I, I know that there's people here tonight that has seen an authentic miracle of God. That they've seen God in operation. They've seen God in the movement. They've been touched by God. I've had a daughter two years ago. The doctor said, call everybody in. She's not going to make it. But when we prayed around her bedside, there was a touch of heaven that breathed the upon her. The days of miracle is not behind us, but there's still a forward in front of us tonight, church. 
And God's looking for men and women that has the power and that anointing that rests upon them. They were men of unquestionable authority. But before returning to heaven, Jesus said, all power I give to you, the church. Their authority and their authority come not from men, but it come from God. All power comes and that is available through the Godhead. And I'm glad that I'm a part of that Godhead tonight. We are not paupers in the kingdom, but we are the sons of the living God tonight. And I'm thankful that we're a part of that Godship tonight. And it is high time that the God rises and let his enemies be scattered. Satan to try to do everything that he can. But these men back in the New Testament, Peter, Paul, John, you talk about men of unshakable faith. They believe God. In the midnight hour, Paul and Silas prayed to God and they prayed and sought and sung songs and there was an earthquake that shook the building and loosed them and set them free. These men seen what God can do and they trusted God. They had unshakable faith. There was a strong faith that reached out to those that's out about around them. I'll give us some men and women tonight that's got that unshakable faith that will reach men and touch them that's around them tonight. Ah, even if you don't know somebody and you see them in need, you can be like Peter and say, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have given unto thee in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. See, God's looking for men and women that has that unshakable faith. And tonight, church, it only comes through prayer and supplication and seeking God. It don't come just because we're Christians and we say, God, fill us. It comes when men and women gets hungry for a move of God. It comes when people begins to get tired of the mundane, old, same old, same old. It is said that a certain guy lived in, a, in, the, in the desert of Arabia. He was a guide, and he said, they said that this guide never lost his way. He carried with him a home, homing pigeon with a very, very fine cord that was attached to one of its legs. And he said when he was in doubt and, and wasn't sure of the path that he should take, he threw that bird up in the air, and that pigeon quickly strained that cord, and it began to fly in the direction of home. And thus led the guide accurately to the goal that he was looking for. Because of this unique practice, he was known as the dove man. So too, the Holy Spirit, the heavenly dove, is willing and able to direct us in the narrow way that leads us to the most abundant life in himself. See, I believe that God wants to lead and guide and direct the church. I believe the Holy Spirit is with us when we go to bed, and I believe he's with us when we wake up. I believe the Bible said that the word was written aforetime for our learning and that God said the word uh, was flesh and he dwelt among us. The Bible also says that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. See, I believe he leads and guides the church in the direction that he wants us to go in. But God's looking for men and women that will have hearing ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. They were men of unshakable faith, their faith that reached out to those around them. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says that faith is what? The substance of things hoped for 
and the evidence of things not seen. By faith they went forth and turned the world upside down. I believe with every ounce in me tonight that God's wanting us to turn this world around for him. I believe that we're here for a purpose. I believe that the church is not here. Just, I'll tell you, church, we've had enough of the word of God. We have our Bibles, we've had preaching that, we've had men that preached uh, uh, and preached and preached. You've heard hundreds of sermons. We've heard the word and we know the word and we know what the word says. I, I, I can tell you to, to turn to a certain scripture and most of you know right where I'm headed tonight because you've heard the word all your life. Ah, and we've heard uh, the word and God says not to just be hearers of it only but, 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 but to, to be doers of it. I, I believe we're at a place in our time and our life that God wants us to no longer just hear the word uh, but, 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 but do the work of God tonight. See, I believe he's looking for a remnant for a church that will just strictly do what the spirit says do. Because we've had preaching for years. I can't tell you. I can't tell you the sermons that I have heard. I can't tell you the preaching. I've heard them exhorting. I've heard them. I've heard them teach. I've heard them uh, preach. I've heard them do everything. I preached. I've heard them preach on hell. I've heard, heard them preach on heaven. I've heard them preach on salvation. I've heard them preach everything that they could preach. I've heard them preach, uh, do this and don't do that. And we've all heard it tonight. And I believe that God's calling the church to pray uh, and saying, don't just be a doer, a hearer of the word but be a doer of the word just simple as that they had undeniable faith their faith was completely unshakable Paul and Silas in the jail they prayed they believed God unquenchable Pentecostal power Pentecost made a mark in the difference in lives before Pentecost, a lot of men and women was just carnal and cowardly. They were lustful in their power of their position. The experience of the upper room changed them. Peter, the Christ denier, declared Christ and 3,000 souls were saved. Peter and John raised the lame man at the gate of temple. They cry, the cry and today the need for a fresh touch of Pentecost. Nothing else will substitute for the Pentecostal power in our lives. See, I believe that God wants the church to have Pentecostal power. He don't want us to have just a little dab of do you, but he wants us to have the Pentecostal power. He's taught me too. A city dweller moved to the farm and bought, brought a, bought a cow. A city dweller moved to a farm and bought a cow. That would be me. Shortly after he did, the cow went dry. When he reported this fact to his neighbor, the farmer, the farmer expressed surprise. The city man said he was surprised too. I can't understand it either. For if ever a person was considerate of an animal, I was of that cow, he said. If I didn't need any milk, I didn't milk her. If I only needed a quart, I took a quart. The farmer tried to explain that the only way to keep milk flowing is not to take as little as possible from the cow, but to take as much as possible. Is that not also true for the Christian life? 
Those who only turn to God in, in the need miss the real joy that flows from heaven. Out of my belly will flow rivers of living water. And sometimes we've all been guilty of it, but sometimes we just, sometimes we think just a little dab of do this. When God's saying, I've got a fountain that never runs dry. I've got a fountain that flows that will never run dry. And the only thing that God's saying to us tonight is, let's allow that flowing river of living water to flow out of us. I've been praying for the last month. Every day that I wake up, I grab my family by the hand and we pray before we leave the house and I always pray, God, help somebody cross my path today that I can help. Because I made up my mind, I want the water of life flowing out of me. I, I want to come in this thing with fire and I want to leave this thing with fire. And I want God's presence to be around us. Would you stand tonight?